Welcome into another bonus episode of Boys Don't Lie, the podcast. I am Owen Burke, here to bring you our final position group for the offensive side of the ball. Today we got quarterbacks, my top 10 quarterbacks going into the 2021 NFL season. If you're just now joining us, make sure you go back, listen to all the other ones. We've uh, knocked out running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and the offensive line so far. So all those bonuses are out already. Quarterbacks is here. We've got all of our, we got five, I think five position groups for the defense uh, coming up here in this next week and a half, two weeks. And then we get into our division series where I talk about every single division in the NFL, give you a record breakdown, uh, strengths, weaknesses, X factors, guys to look out for, guys that are going to be duds, all of the above. Got a lot coming. That series I'm really, really excited for. It's going to be a deep, deep dive into each division. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to do. And also a comparable record prediction for every single team in the NFL. And it's all going to match up. I'm not going to be the guy that's like gives you the 11 and 6, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but then also tries to tell you that the Saints will also be 11 and 6, and, you know, the records don't matter. Whatever. I'm not going to do that. We're going to go through game by game. I'm going to predict every game. So everything matches up, everything lines up, everything's nice and pretty. So I'm very excited for that. The defensive positions will be coming out before then. Um, we're going to start getting on a steady routine of I should have two or three things coming out every week up until Season 2 starts. So if you've been following along this whole time and you like what what, what I've been doing, uh, we'll buckle in because we got a lot more to come. Um, and I'm, I couldn't be more excited to get to it. Um, before I get into today's top 10 list, our quarterback list, uh, do want to take a second to thank the fans. Obviously, like I said, broken record, say it every week. The show does not get to where it is without you guys. Um, there's just no words that I could put on it that will ever express how much everybody that listens to the show or gives us feedback on the show means to us. Whether it's you giving me feedback on my bonus, on Sam Shay's bonuses, on the show itself on stuff that we should be doing marketing-wise, anything like that. We always will take the constructive criticism. Don't expect us to always follow through with everything you do, but we'll always listen to it. I can, I can guarantee you that. Um, also, we are starting to expect um, accept sponsorships, so if you want to get you know, a sponsorship on the show, just hit one of us up on social media. We'll talk about it. We can you know go through the process and see kind of what happens. Speaking of um, people that have helped us out along the way, I also have to give a big shout-out to Anchor. The one-stop shop for everything that you need to start your own podcast at home. Um, Anchor is just, you know, they are, Anchor is that guy. I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, you you go in, you can do it from your phone, your computer, you sign up, you can record your podcast right there. And with one click of a button, they'll put it out on Spotify, Apple Music, on their app as well, Pocket Cast, all of them. Um your your podcast goes out to six or seven apps, and the more listenerships you get along the way, um, the more apps it'll go out onto, and the more accessible it'll be. And also, you can you can also make sponsorships off there without any minimum listenership. So you can start turning a profit on that show without you know you don't have to hit five hundred thousand listeners or anything like that. So. Anchor is definitely the way to go if you want to get into the podcasting game. That's what got us here. So, I mean, if you like what we're doing, I'll tell you that they've been very, very crucial to get um, for us to get where we are. So, if you like what you're hearing, man, Anchor's a big part of it. So, uh, tap into that, tune in, and see what they're all about. Um, and I think with that, we're going to go and hop into our 
top 10 quarterbacks before I lied again. I know pathological before I get into the top 10, I want to do a couple honorable mentions. I'm going to give six honorable mentions out. Now these six guys paired with the top 10, obviously this is the top 16 guys in the league. Um, if you don't hear your quarterback, you know, if you have your favorite team, you don't hear your quarterback's name called here. There's two, you know, two or three scenarios that is possibly going on. One, your QB is just below average. You have a below average quarterback. He is bottom, you know, 16 to 32. You might have a young guy. You might have a rookie, you know. So I'm not going to put like Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be in this conversation by any stretch. Even a guy like Tua wouldn't be in this conversation. Um, But then you also have guys that I think are below 16 to 32. In that 16 to 32 range, guys like Big Ben that's not on here. Uh, Cam Newton's, you know, not going to be in this, the bonus either with the top 16. So we'll do our honorable mentions. We'll move into the top 10. And I will preface this right now. So if you're going to listen to the whole bonus, this is the most important part right here. Five minute mark. This, this is probably going to be the most out of pocket (laughs) position group that you've seen. This one, I decided I wanted to go a little bit even wonkier with it than I have been. This one is, this is what I think is going to happen this year. So you're going to see guys that are top five talented that may not be listed at all. There may be a guy that you think is top three talented that may fall to seven just because I think he may have a down year or I think somebody else is going to have a better year than him. So know that this is not talent-wise. If I put somebody above your favorite quarterback or you know your favorite quarterback is top three and he ends up at seven, don't take it offense to it. I know how if you want a talent list, I can tweet out a talent list or I could send it to you. If you're like, hold up, this month did not just say what I think you just said, and you think I'm capping, ask me for my talent list. I'll give you who I think the top 10 talented guys are. But this is going into this year. This is the one that fluctuates. I'm trying to predict who's going to be the MVP. I'm trying to predict who's going to have a down year and all that jazz. All that stuff comes into effect, which means if I'm trying to look into that, the team around them also affects how good these guys can do. So with that being said, our six honorable mentions – uh, we'll start down and try to. These are kind of no, not really any order. Um, there is, it's kind of five honorable mentions and then an asterisk next to the the next guy because he should be in the top ten. Um, so my five honorable mentions really going to be Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. Those are my five honorable mentions. Um, all five of those guys I think are in that ten to fifteen range. Those guys, these these are the guys that have to be. I think that it's very hard to rank those ten guys, in my opinion. And honestly, you can add the guys that I have at nine and ten that are very hard to rank. Those seven guys on where they fall at in the sixteen to ten range. Um, all those guys are very good. A lot of them are underrated. Kirk Cousins extremely underrated. Matt Ryan is extremely underrated. Um, you can say what you want. You know, they, they're ass, they're bad, whatever you want to say. They put up numbers. Derek Carr's consistently put up numbers. Matt Ryan always puts up numbers. Kirk Cousins quietly. He can't win a big game, but I'll tell you what, Kirk Cousins does put up a decent amount of numbers. And obviously, Justin Herbert is a rising star. I wanted to slip Herbert into the top 10, but first of all, he probably ended, if you tried to rank him where he finished amongst all quarterbacks last year, he probably ranked in that 15 to 10 range to start with. And you don't usually see the breakout rookie quarterback. Like, you don't see the best rookie quarterback get better going into year two. 
If you win rookie of the year as a QB, you're probably going to have, I wouldn't say a down year, but you usually don't improve. There's not a massive, there's not a large step forward. And for Justin Herbert to crack the top 10, he would have to take a large step forward. So I'm not going to bet on that. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he'll be good. I think he's going to be very, very good down the line. I think you see a, a big step from him in the two years following this. But usually, if you have a good rookie campaign as a QB, you take a step back, or at least you don't take a step forward. So... Herbert also falls out, and also Baker Mayfield. Baker's I loved Baker coming out of college. Don't get me wrong. I predicted Baker Mayfield to be one number one in the draft. I still hold it over a lot of my friends because they called me an idiot when I said he was better than Sam Darnold. Look where we are now. But that being said, Baker Mayfield put together a top 15 season as a quarterback last year finally. But I'm looking. And first of all, he's got to take another step. If he's going to crack the top 10. I'm not predicting that step to happen this year. I don't know if it's going to happen at all. The issue is, is Baker finally had a top 15 season as a QB last year. But what else? Like, I don't, you can't make any steps around. Like the roster can't get it any better around Baker Mayfield. You, the Browns can't get any better outside of the court. They could probably, I mean, obviously you could probably get a little bit better in the wide receiving room. They have the best one, two punch at running back. They have a top three O line. They still have, Two very solid receivers, and they drafted a good slot receiver this year. You add Austin Hooper, who was once a top five ten into the game. You have David Njoku, who had a lot of promise before Hooper stole all of his catches. Like I mentioned, the top three O line and probably a top ten defense to boot. The Browns have a great roster set up around this guy, and if he's just now putting together a top fifteen season, I I can't put him in the top ten at that point because. You've got everything, man. There's guys doing way, you know, that are doing a lot more with a lot less, especially in this top 10 to boot. So Baker also slips out. So my five honorable mentions, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. Now the asterisk, this guy is the guy that I will put at 11. He would definitely be, I honestly, I wouldn't say he'd be top 10 going into this year because the offense around him is God awful and the coaching staff is unsure and the defense isn't that great either. It's not really a good roster. The reason I left him out of my top 10, obviously, I think he would probably scrape in at 8, 9, 10 because he is extremely talented. This is a guy that's a top 5 talent guy. The main reason I left him off is I really don't think he's going to play this year. I don't imagine him being traded before the season starts. And I don't see him suiting up in the Texans jersey anymore. Uh, that guy's going to be Deshaun Watson. So he will be outside of my top 10. Again, a main reason for that. Is I don't think he'll play. He's said it before that he's not going to play another game in a Texans jersey. I don't see Deshaun going back on that. I don't see a deal getting done before the season starts either. So to me, Deshaun Watson doesn't start. That takes him out of my list already. On top of that, the best receiver he's got this year is Brandon Cooks, who is still very good, but you lose Will Fuller. They, I, I couldn't even tell you who their second receiver is at KK Kute at this point. Like, I don't even know who, you know, like I couldn't name you three or four receivers. I don't know who the tight end is. David Johnson's probably their best option at running back still right now. And I, I just, I don't know. The Houston Texans are the epitome of a dumpster fire. Their head coach is now David Coley, who uh, before was in, you know, the Baltimore Ravens um, coaching staff. Pretty solid coaching staff. You know what part of uh, the Ravens coaching staff David Cully handled? Uh, David Cully handled the, uh, he was the passing game coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Just to let that sink in, that he was the, he was the passing game coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. 
who had a, I believe it was a bottom 10, bottom 5 passing offense last year. He's a great guy, don't get me wrong. I love David Cooley. I've watched his interviews. He is a player's coach. He's a people's person. That's the only reason he got the job in Houston. That is a Houston hire if I've ever seen it. Hey, that's a good guy. He might be able to switch the culture around, but I'll tell you what, he ain't going to do shit with that roster. To his credit, I don't think anybody's doing much with that roster anyway. So Deshaun falls out of the top ten. Yes, I know. He is top five talented. If this is talent, Deshaun Watson sits at four, five, six probably. Maybe even three. You could argue the three spot for him. Um, but being how bad the Texans are and also being that I don't think he's going to play this year, he does drop outside of my top ten. So moving into our top ten now, the thing we all came to see 12 minutes later. We're going to go 10 to 1, just like we did on the all the other bonuses. And like I said, again, I'll repeat myself because I don't want to be misconstrued here. This is my top 10 for this year. I'm trying to predict guys that are going to have down years. I'm trying to predict guys that are going to have up years. Trying to predict guys that may get hurt. Guys that may lose their starting jobs. All these things. I'm trying to predict how well their weapons are going to fit that they picked up in the offseason that are going to be around them. All these things. I'm trying to take into account plus the talent. So if you see a guy way lower or way higher than you think he should be, there's probably a contribution of those things. I'm going to try to cover each one as I get to it, but we'll see kind of as it goes. So at number 10 on my list, I have a guy that I think is extremely underrated. I think he gets a lot of hate that he doesn't deserve. And I feel like a lot of excuse me, I feel like a lot of Chiefs fans hate this guy, and I, I don't understand it. I know one Chiefs fan in particular that really doesn't like him, but it doesn't make sense because that Chiefs fan was the same. He was a huge Alex Smith fan. Not that he thought you know they should have kept him over Patty or anything like that, but like he liked Alex Smith when he was in KC, and I think this guy does. You know he's a game manager, doesn't throw throw that many picks. Um, this guy is Ryan Tannehill um, in the Tennessee offense. Obviously they add Julio Jones. I think I would have put I would have put Ryan Tannehill at ten honestly without Julio Jones. I think um, eh, maybe not. I don't know. Because I don't know who their two and three receivers were going to be after A.J. Brown if they didn't have Julio. But, I mean, you have Julio. I have A.B. Or, A.B. Julio and A.J. Brown. I guess I do have A.B. A.J. Brown. Yeah. Um, I don't know who the tight end is going to be off the top of my head. Obviously, they lost Johnny Smith to New England in the offseason. Obviously, you have Derrick Henry. So, I have a solid run game to rely on. I have Darrington Evans, who's a decent. He's a very, very fast back out of the backfield. He could probably catch a little bit here and there. And I have arguably two top 10 talented receivers in the league. If not, definitely two top 15. I think A.J. Brown definitely falls in that top 15 category. Um, decent O-line. They did lose Arthur Smith in the offseason. But here's the thing, man. If, if you want to go off straight numbers, you know, and let me contradict the show name for a second. Men may lie, women may lie, numbers don't. If you were to look at numbers only, Ryan Tannehill is arguably a top three quarterback in this game. He, he doesn't turn the ball over. He throws a decent amount of touchdowns. He throws for a decent amount of yards. He manages the game, and he still has a lot of talent at the quarterback position. He gets a lot of unnecessary hate. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the league. I'm not trying to tell you he's better than Aaron Rodgers. I'm not trying to tell you he's better than Josh Allen. What I'm saying is this guy gets a lot of flack that he doesn't deserve, and I think he is better than Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, and Baker Mayfield. So that's why I have Tannehill at 10. Um, Unnecessary hate. They add Julio, who's a top three receiver. 
The Titans' offense might be scary. We'll see how much losing Arthur F- Arthur Smith really affects Mike Vrabel's offense going into this year. Number nine on my list, another guy that benefits a lot from his offensive coaching scheme and also from having a top three receiver on his team. I'm going to put Kyler Murray from the Arizona Cardinals at number nine. Uh, Kyler took a huge step forward um, this last year. A lot of people credit that to DeAndre Hopkins. I definitely don't think that hurt, but I really feel like that's a big reason why Josh Allen took a step forward. He got Stephon Diggs. So with with DeAndre Hopkins now, I put D-Hop as the best receiver in the game. I've said that for a very long time. I've said that for three or four years. So whether you think I was wrong then or wrong now, that's my opinion on it. Um, nonetheless, DeAndre Hopkins has to be in your top three receivers. If you don't have DeAndre Hopkins in your top three, I'm sorry to you, you're missing you're missing the train. That's what I'll tell you. I'm not. I'm, I don't want to insult anybody. You're missing the train if D Hop's on your top three receivers. So obviously with that, you had AJ Green, who's capable for some surprises. Yes, he does have injury issues, but you got to think he was the not only the number one receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals for his entire career. He was the only receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals for a majority of his career. AJ Green did not have a lot of help around him. Didn't have a solid run game to rely on. Didn't have a great quarterback to rely on. So I think with being paired up with DeAndre Hopkins out there, obviously I still have Christian Kirk. I have still have I, – I, I think they may have cut Andy Isabella. I know they had him at one point and then they lost him. Um, I think as of right now, Larry Fitzgerald's still a free agent. I don't think he's decided going either way or the other. So we still have some options here and there. Um, and I they picked up James Conner. Uh, in the offseason, the offensive line isn't terrible. They did add Rodney Hudson as their center, who is a top five, top ten center in the game. And if they can hold their defense together, which there's been a lot of murmurs of their defense, you know, Chandler Jones wants traded, um, another linebacker wants out. Uh, if their defense holds together after adding J.J. Watt, the Cardinals have a very good team. The only issue is they do play in the most talented division in the NFL, in the NFC West. Uh, Kyler Murray has a lot of weapons. I think he's a great quarterback, and I think his his aspect of being able to run the ball as well as pass the ball is what puts him at nine for me. You know, when you can be that dual threat and you can do both effectively, you're going to jump the list a little bit. That's just the name of the game. Um, I think two, three years from now, I think Justin Fields is on honestly going to be on this list. If I had to predict right now where I think Justin Fields is going to be at, Three years from now. So not his rookie campaign, not his sophomore, but going into his junior season in the NFL and his, going into his third year, I think, or no, probably going into his fourth because he'll be coming off a down year probably. I think he's going to be the best QB this year. If I had to pick a rookie quarterback to win, rookie of the year this year, I want to say Justin Fields. I think the thing that may hold him back is the Bears are being stubborn trying to start Andy Dalton. Um, I think the Jags may struggle, to be honest with you. Uh, I've been you know, listening to a lot of what people are looking at Urban Meyer and his coaching style. He's a, a lot of people think he's still taking a very college approach to it. So I don't know if that's going to translate onto the onto the field or not. But the Jags do have a decent offense around um, around Trevor Lawrence. But I I just have a gut feeling about Justin Fields. I really do. I have I've had that gut feeling since the draft process started. The more, like, Trevor Lawrence has been the the consensus number one overall pick and the number one overall quarterback since his freshman year at Clemson. It was always who's going to be the second best. 
And the more and the more the draft process went along and the more and the more the offseasons went along into training camp and into the preseason now, I fall more and more in love with Justin Fields. This kid has it all, and the only reason we don't talk about him is just because the guy ahead of him may be a little bit better than he is. Um, so Kyler's at 9. I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but Tannehill at 10, Kyler Murray at 9. 8, this is another guy, top 5 talent. Probably top three talent, if you want to argue. You definitely can. Um, I think is a guy that may struggle a little bit this year. Um, I think his defense isn't going to be great. I think his offensive line is going to be... I mean, he's used to playing with a bad offensive line at this point in his career, but I think it's... I don't think they got really that much better. I think Gabe Jackson was a solid upgrade, but I think they lost a couple guys along the way to get there. Um they do have Gerald Everett now at tight end. Obviously, they have DK Metcalf at Tyler Lockett. Chris Carson's a decent running back. The main reason why Russell Wilson comes in at my eighth spot is I think there's just going to be seven guys that have better years. I think Russell Wilson's going to be running this for his life. We saw it last year, first eight weeks of the season. He was the MVP. They're like, this is the greatest season of an NFL quarterback's ever played. Russell Wilson is out of his mind. The second eight weeks, his defense is like, all right, Russ, we're sorry that we got out. You know, we only got out five and three, four and four after you played in it like an MVP for eight games. We're ready to show up for the second half of the season. And Russell Wilson's like, I'm going on vacation with Sierra. I'll catch y'all when we go eight and eight and make the playoffs. And I can't remember. They did make the playoffs. I don't remember what their record was, but he was not good in the second half of the year. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Russell Wilson going forward. He definitely ended the last year on a down note. I don't think it's going to carry too much into this year by any stretch, but like I said, the offensive line isn't great. I don't think the defense is going to be that good. So they're going to be in a lot of shootout situations. They have the talent in the receiving core. Like I said, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Gerald Everett, I think is a great one, two, three with wide receivers and tight ends involved. But I just think that these seven guys above him are just going to have better years, to be 100% honest with you. That's that's the reason why Russell Wilson comes in at eight. And like I said, Russell Wilson is a top-five talent. You can put him at the three spot, honestly, if you want to talk about talent-wise. But we're going into this year. That's why he falls down to eight on my list. Number seven, Father Time himself. Father Tom. Uh, Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to fall in my seventh spot. Um... This is very tough. Brady is very tough to rank talent and going into this year. Um, Every QB list I've seen, most people do it by talent regardless. Like I said, I wanted to do it this way because I think it makes for a more interesting list. Because a lot of you guys are going to listen to these pictures and be like, what the hell is he talking about? That's what I want to hear. I want to hear the the feedback, the opinions. I want to hear, honestly, I want to hear you call me stupid. I'm cool with it. If you want to call me stupid, you can call me stupid. But I want to know why you're calling me stupid. Um, so I have Brady at seven. Now, when it comes to talent, the crowd is split. When it comes to talent-wise, Brady either falls at three or he falls at seven. You almost never see Tom Brady fall anywhere else. And I'll tell you this. I, I think I finally figured it out. If you see him at three, what you're seeing is Patrick Mahomes at one. You're seeing Aaron Rodgers at two. You see Brady at three. People put him at the end of the one, the, the top tier of QBs. They put Mahomes and Rodgers. They think he's in the bottom of that tier one. They put him there in that tier that's why he's at three. If he falls to seven, what you're seeing is the top tier is Mahomes and Rodgers. Tier two at that point is going to be Josh Allen. Russell was not in order, by the way. Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. That would be five. And then there's a guy I'm forgetting. They always put Deshaun top five as well. 
And then you have Dak. I think I think that's right. I could be wrong there. I should have wrote that list down before I tried to talk about it. But you see Brady fall at three or seven. I have him at seven. I just think the six guys ahead of him are going to have a great year. This is going to be a great year for QBs. When you talk about top eight, you talk about top seven for sure. I think these seven guys are going to have amazing years. When it comes to Tom Brady, man, when is it going to end? I We've been waiting for the fall off for like six, seven years now. The dude is 44 years old. I don't think people realize this is the most unprecedented thing I think I've ever seen in sports. I try to, you know, I want to tip my hat to LeBron James for doing it at 36, 37 years old and and succeeding the way he is, but Tom Brady is 44 years old. He gets chased around by Cam Jordan twice a year. He's getting chased around by his own defense at practice. This I, it amazes me. Now granted, he has more talent than I think he's ever had around him. When it comes to a de- maybe not a defense, it's definitely the Bucks defense may be up there. He had a lot of talented defenses in New England. I think this is definitely the best receiving core he's ever had around him. Uh, obviously, still having Gronk, not as good as he was, but still, I think a top ten tight end. We have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who, if they played on teams by themselves and they were both the number one receivers, they're both probably top fifteen, top ten guys. Um, but obviously they're both going to be dropped down the receiver list a little bit just because production's not going to be there when you split carries with another guy that's just as good as you are. Uh, but Mike Evans, seven 1,000-yard receiving uh, seasons. He's played seven years in the league. You don't have to say much more about him. Chris Godwin is the change of pace on the other side of the field. I have Antonio Brown, who was once the best receiver in the league in the slot. I've still got my two running backs. I've got all 11 starters on defense that are still here. I've got my new draft class in. I have a top 5-0 line. Tom Brady is set for success. The only reason I dropped him down is I, I, I really don't know why I dropped him down, to be real with you. I mean, you could you could move Brady to three on my list, and I wouldn't turn my nose at it. It's just, it's I, I don't know, man. Well, I don't know what to do with Tom Brady. He is because part of me, I'm like, I'm like, I would rather have you know the the six guys I have in front of him for a year, but at the same time, I mean, what has Brady ever done to make me doubt him? This man has done it for twenty years, twenty plus years, and he's still doing it. It doesn't matter. Like I don't. This this man turned forty four. I believe it was two weeks ago. Last week, two weeks ago. Zach Wilson actually shares a birthday with him. Jets rookie quarterback this year. Zach Wilson is twenty two years old. Zach Wilson's the same age as I am. You realize? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked at the schedule. I should have looked at it before I before I started talking about it again. But if the Jets were to play the Buccaneers in a regular season game this year, that means that that Zach Wilson would start the game for the Jets at 22 years old and the quarterback on the other side of the field has literally been in the NFL the entire time that Zach Wilson has been alive. And he's twice as old as Zach Wilson is at 44 years old. That is absolutely insane. So as far as Brady goes, you couldn't put him higher. I want to put him higher. I didn't. I don't know. Don't ask me about the Brady pick, man. He can fall from seven, six, five, four, three. You can put him anywhere in there. He fits just because you never know what you're going to get. Well, like, I can't even say that. You know exactly what you're going to get. It's just like, is somebody going to do better than him? That's the question. And I'm kind of predicting that these six guys are going to pop off ahead of him. So, so far on our list, Ryan Tannehill at 10, Kyler Murray at 9, Russell Wilson at 8, Tom Brady at 7, 
going into six, a guy that was hurt last year, a guy that went down, I believe, in week three, if not week four, but before then was on pace to have. Now, I can't 100% back this up. I'm going to go out on a whim because I know he was absolutely playing out of his mind in the three to four games he played. So I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I and I may be wrong, but I think I think I'm definitely in the top five, top ten range. Before Dak Prescott got hurt last year, he was go, he was on pace to have the greatest season by any quarterback in NFL history. I don't think people realize how good Dak was playing before he hurt his ankle. I'm telling you that now again, there is such a thing as pace. It's not possible to play as good as he was through three or four games for an entire season. But if Dak Prescott plays 16 games like he played those four, people are talking about him as the best quarterback in the league. They, he ha- he would have had to been in that conversation. He would have won MVP. He would have won Offensive Player of the Year. He would have won every award possible. Dak Prescott was a absolute animal through four games before he got hurt last year. Um, that being said, Amari Cooper is still good. Top 10 receiver, in my opinion. Is a great route runner. He's always going to be open. C.D. Lamb is trying to solidify himself going forward. I think the Cowboys have put themselves in a good spot where if they wanted to trade or just let Amari Cooper walk when his contract's up, I'm not sure when it is up. But they have the freedom to let Amari Cooper go, and we still have C.D. Lamb who can do it just as good. And arguably, given the volume and given the chances, C.D. Lamb may be able to do it better than Amari Cooper. Possibly. I'm not going to go out there and say it. C.D. Lamb is as... I wouldn't say as good of a route runner as Amari Cooper, but he's definitely getting there. He's very, very good. And you have Michael Gallup, who's one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated receiver in all of the NFL. So they have a 1-2-3 punch at wide receiver. Tight ends. Who needs them? We don't even need them. I just, I'm throwing them my three receivers. Um, running backs, still got Zeke. I still got Tony Pollard. I have a top 10 O-line. The defense is a massive question mark, but sometimes that can play to your advantage uh, because you're just having to go out there and get in shootouts all the time. Uh, I think it'll pan out better for Dak than it will for Russell Wilson's basically because of the offensive line. And if their top running back goes down, if Zeke and Chris Carson were to go down, I like Tony Pollard a lot more than I like Rashad Penny. Uh, so I still feel like I have a decent run game to rely on. I think Dak, honestly, I could put Dak higher here too. I think the guys that I think Tom Brady and Dak at seven and six, the guy I have at five and four and three, I could all put up to the three spot. I think the guys I have at one and two are the guys I have at one and two, and those are you know what? I'm gonna pull a mid game audible and switch um two guys around, actually. Oh, I forgot. I was gonna switch these two guys around. I was gonna switch five and six and put Dak at five here. We're gonna roll with it. I'm gonna keep Dak at six. Um, at the the five spot for me this year, I have Josh Allen. Um, Dak, I think. Before I go to Josh Allen, Dak, I think is probably top seven talent wise, top six maybe. Um, I think Mahomes, Rogers, uh, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. And Lamar Jackson, I think, are the six QBs. And probably Tom Brady. So Dak falls in the 7-8 to range, um, talent-wise. Josh Allen, five on my list. I think he is at six talent-wise. I will put Lamar Jackson over him. You can hate me if you want him. 
Josh Allen did have a great jump from year one to year two. I think that jump was a big part of that was Stephon Diggs. I'm not saying that he's bad without Stephon Diggs. I'm saying having an elite route runner and a guy that can still get down the field pretty quick definitely boosts your your capability to be a good QB. So I'm not going to take it away from him, but I'm also not going to give him the huge plus for making that jump. So I have Josh Allen at five. I was thinking about sliding him to six behind Dak because I think Dak's going to have a great year. And also, usually you come off an MVP-like season, which he did finish second in MVP voting, you usually fall into a little bit of a slump. You usually drop down a little bit. Like I said, it's very hard to go in, get close to an MVP award, and then get close again or win it and win it a second time in a row. Uh, So I have Josh Allen at five. I think he's definitely top six talent. You could put him at five. If you put him over Lamar, I'm not going to be mad. Uh, It's kind of a personal preference. I just have a lot more faith in Lamar. People think he's not that good of a thrower. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about Lamar. We'll talk about him. Obviously, he's going to be in this list somewhere. Um, So Josh Allen's at five for me. Um, Can of an arm. Uh, He's absolutely just got a missile launcher attached as a right arm. Stephon Diggs is great. They're still looking for the running back spot to find some solidity, whether it's going to be Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. Through training camp, it looks like it's going to be Zach Moss going forward, which I'm kind of surprised by. I thought Singletary was going to finally take the job this offseason. Seems like Moss has been the guy that stepped up so far. Um, So I have Josh Allen at five. At four, here's another guy that I probably have way too high. Talent-wise, I think he's definitely top ten. I'd probably put him in that... 9-10 9-10 range, maybe the 8 spot right behind Dak. Um, a guy I think that's going to have a massive year because of the new coach that he has. I think it'll be the best head coach he's had in his entire career. I think, the honestly, the run game, well, with Cam Akers being hurt, um, the run game may not be as good as, well, I mean, I'll tell you what. For Matthew Stafford, he's going to be my fourth quarterback on this list. Without Cam Akers... I still think the Rams' run game is going to be nowhere worse than it was in Detroit for his entire career. So I think he's going to be used to that part. Now, obviously, as far as receivers go, Megatron aside, Calvin Johnson is the anomaly in this case. These, I think, are probably the two best receivers he had. he's had in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and I think it's definitely the best one-two punch he's had at wide receiver uh, in his career. Um with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, I still have Tyler Higby. I have a top five, if not a top three offensive line. I have a top five, top three defense. I'm not going to have to be out there, you know, going into a shootout. But Matthew Stafford's been extremely underrated his entire career. He's always put up numbers, and he's done it with not great receivers. He's done it without a great offensive line. He's done it without a solid run game, and he's done it without a great defense. He did it without a great fan base. He did it without great coaching. Now, outside of the fan base, he has just about all those things now. I just talked about the one-two punch he has a receiver. Tyler Higby is an up-and-coming tight end. I have, I had a decent run game when I had Cam Akers, but still, Daryl Henderson Jr. apparently has stepped up big time in training camp since Akers has went down. They may have a solid run game going into this year. Anything is possible behind that top three, top five offensive line that they have. And obviously, you have the best corner and the best DT in football anchored uh, on your defense. They have a top five defense Um, the Rams are in win-now mode. I think Stafford was the perfect guy to bring in, and I'm very, very excited to see what him and Sean McVay can do this year. I think I I expect very, very big things from Matthew Stafford. I think anything less than an NFC title game berth, if if the Rams don't make the NFC title game this year, I think you're extremely disappointed. 
There, I can't settle for anything less. Honestly, I need a trip back to the Super Bowl. Now, granted, it's going to be very tough to do because you have to go through Green Bay and Tampa Bay to get there, or at least one of the two. It's not going to be easy, but like I said, the Rams have a top 10 defense, top 5 defense. They have a top 5, top 10 O-line. Those are two of the most important things you have because when you're doing all these top 10 lists, especially you know, you're watching TikToks, you're watching people do the draft hats and build their teams pick by pick. Everybody picks a QB, a running back, two or three receivers, a tight end. You pick your O-line and your defense. Now, first of all, that O-line is five guys. Usually you pick five skill guys, a QB, a running back, two wideouts, and a tight end. So that O-line is the five guys that blocks for you. And also your defense is 11 guys. Those are the two most important things to you winning, to be honest. When it comes to, like, once you have, obviously, a quarterback is. I can't throw Drew Locke out there and expect the Rams to win a bunch of games. But you have to have the team built around the QB and the offense, and the Rams have it built. Now, their salary cap situation is extremely, extremely messed up. So, like I said, the Rams are in 100% win-now mode. And Sean McVay is trying to make sure that everybody knows he wasn't a fluke head coach that got to the got to the Super Bowl. And also, they got to prove that Jared Goff wasn't the reason they got there and make sure that they don't look dumb for sending them out of town off to Detroit to die. So, I have Stafford at four. He's not a top-four talent QB in the league, but... I expect very, very big things out of Matthew Stafford this year. I think he has an MVP level candidate. I think that's the level, the the level of campaign I'm looking for from Matthew Stafford as an MVP. That's why I have him at four. Um, so to recap the list before we get into our top three, I have Ryan Tannehill at ten, Kyler Murray at nine, uh, Russell Wilson and Tom Brady at eight and seven respectively. Dak Prescott comes in at six, Josh Allen at five, Matthew Stafford at four. And as for the three spot, another guy that I'm predicting to have a good year, another guy that I put in my top five, even talent-wise, I'm going to jump him up a little bit on the board because I'm expecting an MVP candidate year out of him as well. I'm putting my guy Lamar Jackson at three. You can call me biased. That's fine. I probably am a little bit biased. But you can't look at this Ravens offense and this Ravens team and tell me that that Lamar Jackson is not an MVP candidate. With the way that he runs the ball, He's always going to be in the conversation for Offensive Player of the Year. His arm has gotten better as the years have went on, and the receiving core right now is better than it ever has been in his career. Um, Hopefully Mark Andrews can stay healthy for a whole year. The offensive line did take a little bit of a step back, losing Orlando Brown Jr., but Andre Villanueva is a solid starter who's played in Pittsburgh for a majority of his career. They added Kevin Zietler. They drafted Ben Ben Powers, Ben Cleveland, in the third round of the draft, and he's looking like he's going to be the starter at left guard. they got to figure out the center spot. They've got three guys in the back. They've definitely got two guys that I think could be starters in a majority of the sets. I think J.K. Dobbins could be a starter on most teams in the NFL. I think Gus Edwards could honestly be a starter on a couple teams in the NFL. And Justice Hill, I think, could be a two-back on a majority of them as well. They have a three-headed – I wouldn't call it a three-headed monster. I call it a two-headed monster with uh, a change of pace receiving back as the third guy. I have Rashad Bateman. Hopefully he can get healthy before the season starts. Hollywood Brown's obviously the speed threat to go over the top. I think he will have a better year this year. Hopefully with Rashad Bateman being able to take maybe some of the one wide receiver one reps, he's a very good route runner. Maybe he can draw a lot of the attention and allow Hollywood to really just become a deep threat. Hopefully I think he can succeed in that role. Tylen Wallace has had a great camp. A lot of the Ravens receivers have been showing out. I've been obviously it's a lot easier for me to keep up with the Ravens. That's my favorite team. I follow a lot of the beat reporters that are on the sideline at training camps. From what I've heard, 
just about every Ravens receiver has looked like a top 10 receiver at some point during camp. Like these guys are showing out. Hopefully it translates. It probably won't. Obviously not all of them can translate to the field. But Mark Andrews, obviously I think is a top five tight end in this league. Nick Boyle is very good. The defense is solid. The O-line is there. The run game's there. Lamar Jackson to me has got to be an MVP candidate this year. He's won it before. Uh, I think his arm's gotten better. He has more talent around him than he ever has. I think the Ravens, you know, keep pushing. And I think right now the Ravens have got to make the AFC title game. They finally got the monkey off the back. They got the playoff win for Lamar last year. He's not winless in the playoffs anymore. But now we got to go further. You know what I'm saying? we got to take the step and get to the AFC title game. Hopefully the Ravens can get to the Super Bowl. But, man, the road runs through Kansas City, and it's not a polite road to drive on. I'll tell you that much. It is not the Kansas Turnpike to get to the Super Bowl. You got to drive through some real, you know, <laughs> pothole filled roads in in Kansas City to get there. Um, but as far as single seasons go, I think Lamar has the weapons around him to be a top three quarterback in the league this year. Um, so Lamar is going to be at my three spot, and I think everybody knows who the two guys above him are going to be at this point. The second guy, obviously, the guy at number two here, was I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to put him on this list. I thought I was going to have to try to decide out of the five guys that I mentioned for honorable mentions which guy I was going to slip in because I didn't think this guy was going to suit up. Sure enough, he showed up to Lambeau Field a couple weeks ago, did his press conference, laid into the front office, put the helmet on, kept his chin strap off, and went to work. And Aaron Rodgers looks just as good as he did last year. He was the MVP last year. Now... The thing is, I almost wanted to drop Rodgers down to three and put Lamar at two or maybe even jump him behind Stafford because, like I said, when it comes to having an MVP-level year, it's very, very hard to then follow it up or take a step forward. Usually you take a step back. Um, For Rodgers to still fall at two after an MVP candidate year, I think that shows you how big the gap is between two and the rest of the field. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the second best quarterback in football and as big of a gap as there is from Rodgers to Lamar, Stafford, Allen, Dak, Brady, and Russ, there's just as big of a gap from two to one. Obviously, number one on my list is Patrick Mahomes. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback in NFL history. I don't think there's ever been a guy with as good of a skill set that I've seen. Obviously, it's very easy for me to talk about it now because he's the guy playing in my lifetime. I never got to see Dan Marino in his prime. God, I would have loved to. I think Dan Marino is one of the most underrated quarterbacks that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, I would have loved to see a guy like Randall Cunningham play back in the day. I would have loved to see Warren Moon. Unfortunately, I'm only 22 years of age. There's not much I can do about it. And from all of my knowledge that I have, and as extensive as my knowledge is, I'm not 100% an expert. I don't think anybody is. There's obviously experts, but no one knows every single bit about the game. Um, As far as Patrick Mahomes goes, he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. A guy that can move around in the pocket. He's mobile behind the line of scrimmage. He's honestly mobile enough to where he can scramble on certain plays. He's not a Lamar Jackson threat with his legs or a Kyler Murray threat, but he's agile enough to go gain a first down if he wanted to. Uh, He's definitely mobile behind the pocket. His throw under pressure rate is insane. Um... He has an absolute cannon for an arm. He has the strongest, if not the second strongest arm in the league. There's just not much you can say about Patrick Mahomes, man. The the tape speaks for itself. If you think Patrick Mahomes is now here, I can't obviously just go out and say it because he has had 
talent around him his entire NFL career, and it'll be interesting to see what happens if he doesn't when he doesn't have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey around him. But Patrick, I can tell you this for a hundred percent fact: Patrick Mahomes is not a top five quarterback because he plays with those guys. Does it help? Hundred percent. But if the the whole mantra of oh Patty's only good because he has Tyreek and Travis Kelsey or oh Tyreek's only good because he's fast and he plays with Patrick Mahomes who has a cannon. First of all, the Tyreek take that's horrible. If if Tyreek's only good because he's fast and he plays with Patty, Patrick Mahomes, why is McCole Hardman not a top ten receiver? Because McCole Hardman is just as fast, if not arguably faster. McCole Hardman dusted DK Metcalf, Devin White, and I don't even remember who the, the other guy is. I think it was Henry Ruggs that did a race with. McCole Hardman is quick. So if Tyreek's only good because he's fast, McCole Hardman's obviously a top five receiver in this game today. And I'm not willing to say that right now. Um, and as far as Patty goes, does having a speedster receiver help? Yes. Why do you think Torrey Smith was able to secure a five-year, 60 to $80 million contract with the Philadelphia Eagles when he left the Baltimore Ravens? It's because he had Joe Flacco dotting him 70 to 80 yards down the field and making him look good every game. You know what happened when he got to Philly and he didn't have that cannon for an arm? <laughs> Out of the league pretty quickly. So, yes, having a speedster receiver does help the big arm QB out, but it's a two-way street here. The speedster receiver gets a boost from the QB, and the QB gets the boost from the speedster receiver. And like I said, Tyreek Hill's not the only speedster in Kansas City. As far as uh, Travis Kelsey goes, he is the best receiving tight end in the game right now. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes could do that with just about anybody. Would it be harder? Yes, of course it would be harder if Travis Kelsey wasn't getting five to six yards of separation every time you threw the ball to him. But guess what? Patrick Mahomes is good enough to fit it into a window that only has two yards of separation off if he wanted to. I, I could I could see, you know, tra- I could see Patrick Mahomes going out there and making Tony Moiaki look like a top ten tight end in this league. Patrick Mahomes is that guy. There is no debate to be had. If Patrick Mahomes is not number one on your QB list, you are wrong. That's my opinion when it comes to this year, next year, the year after, the year after, the year after, the year after, talent-wise, going into that year, whatever the case may be. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. And I don't like to say this because I like to have, you know, people can talk about it and there's debates to be had in every topic. But I'm going to say it for this one. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. There is no debate to be had. We can debate who two is. But even then, I don't even really think there's that much of a debate about who two is. We can debate about three, four, and five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way down to, you know, 345, whatever it is, how many ever QBs there are in the league. But I think number one's pretty well locked up. And I think till anything unforeseen happens, whether it's a huge coaching change, he loses all the weapons at the same time, injuries, God forbid, knock on wood, I don't want that to happen at all, but it's going to take something out of the blue to take Patrick Mahomes out of the number one spot on this list. He is that guy. So to recap our entire lists, our six honorable mentions, um, we have Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, and obviously Deshaun Watson, who would be top 10 if it wasn't for how bad the Texans are and the fact that I don't think he's going to play this year. And then in on to our top 10, I have Ryan Tannehill, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott. And then my top five, we have Josh Allen at five, Matthew Stafford at four, Lamar Jackson at three, 
Aaron Rodgers at two, and I have the king of himself, the king of Arrowhead Stadium, the king of Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes at the one spot. So that's going to do it for our quarterback, our top 10 QB bonus. Um, thank you guys for listening to today's episode, man. I really appreciate it if you got all the way through. Let me know what you think. Like I said, this was one of the more out-of-pocket uh, position groups that I did. I wanted to do it that way, make it a little bit more fun, and also QBs do fluctuate quite a bit. Um, because it's all in their hands when it comes down to it. This is the most important position in football, and these guys play at a very high level. It's very hard to rank the top seven. It's very hard to rank the three guys after them. So that's going to do it for me today. Keep your eyes out for our defensive position groups. They should be getting started here in the next week or two. And right after the defensive positions, we're jumping straight into the divisions. And once the division's done, man, it's season two. And boy, I'll tell you what, if you think we got a lot coming out now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep your ears open. BDL out until next time.